five-year-old cow, calved uneventfully two months earlier. Now, she's in the middle of the pasture, sitting like a dog, unable to rise on her hind limbs. It's midwinter, and now we have to figure out how to handle the bright, alert, responsive downer. Hi, welcome to Bovine Science with BCI. I'm Brad White. We're happy to have Dr. Matt Meisner with us here today. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Dr. Meisner works here at our veterinary school at Kansas State and spends a lot of time both teaching students, working with cases, and working with other practitioners. And Matt, this is a pretty common case. So we'll see occasionally the down cow that may be sick, but also sometimes one that looks really bright, alert, responsive. And this dog sitting behavior is a little bit weird as well. So how did this case present? This presented as a cow that other than she couldn't use her back legs, she was quite normal. And she was in was a group of cows that had done this over a a fairly short period of time, a few weeks. So they had done the same kind of clinical signs and symptoms. Okay, so my first thought, tell me if I'm off base, my first thought is calving injury. Exactly. So, it, But this was several weeks after she'd calved, so it was beyond that period of time when it would be an acute calving injury. Okay, my second thought is somebody rode her. Right. Somebody mounted her. So she's far enough from calving that she's come back in heat. Somebody mounted her, and she has a physical injury. Physical, so musculoskeletal injuries, absolutely. Bright alert downers, we look for things broken or major injuries to muscle groups. But if there's two or three of them, I'm struggling to believe that diagnosis. Exactly. Right? I mean, it's got to be, it's not somebody riding her down. I'm still thinking physical, but there's two or three of them, that would be really odd, right? Or we make a cursory look through in the environment and make sure there wasn't something, you know, a pathway or something that might have led to that, you know. Slippery, muddy place that they're right. falling down. Nothing there that, that could be seen. Okay, thanks for ruling out my first two thoughts quickly. My third thought is I'm going to call you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and yeah, and this gets to be a concern, right? The guy's lost several cows and similar odd symptoms, and they're not responding to the typical kind of shotgun therapy for down cows. Yeah, and if we look at her and do a physical, we kind of set it at the top, but she's bright, alert, seems healthy other than she can't stand up. And it looks like it's her back legs, which is odd, and she would actually get up a little bit on her front legs but then nothing else, right? Sure, yep, and she would literally sit like a dog, and that's a very abnormal thing, and when we look, talk about how cows rise, you know, it's usually back up and then uh, front. And uh, it's funny, I mentioned this dog, it, we had this lecture many years ago, and I still remember the veterinary student, he's been out practicing now 10 years, and I was talking about how dog sitting is, uh, uh, you will not see this in cows, it's abnormal. And he raised his hand and says, yeah, it does. It's like, what? So we have a cow that did that. And he actually showed me a picture, and they had a cow that dog sat literally like a dog in the pasture for years. And was normal. It was normal. Yeah. But this is a, definitely an abnormal position okay. that she will not get up on. This yeah. Thing, so. Because normally, they're going to be getting up the opposite. Exactly. Right? So they're going to be getting up with their back end, and if they're getting up on their front end, we've got issues. And what about on this cow, what about appetite, attitude, because sometimes our downers can get quite aggressive because they get frustrated being down or they have some other metabolic thing going on. Sure, and you mentioned the season, so we occasionally start seeing some of those seasonal metabolic things that could arise. Almost always, we have the, the big M's for down cows, so one of those being metabolics, musculoskeletal injuries would be the other, massive infections. So metabolics and massive infections, usually they're sick, you know, um, those things are off. They've got neurologic problems or they've got really high fevers, they're super depressed. These ones are situations where otherwise, if I could somehow curb back legs work, she would go eat, be the feed bunk and cruise with the herd. Okay, granted it's late, but I'm gonna add one more thing back to my differential list because it's a couple months post calving. What about hypocalcemia, milk fever? She's maybe she's just not quite read the book right. 
can I rule that out by the fact she's sitting up on her front legs or? Yeah, she's otherwise strong. And those are kind of would be abnormal clinical signs for some of those metabolic syndromes. They're usually all the way down or uh, they're not halfway. So I mean, magnesium, calcium, there's always stages of those. They, they oftentimes don't happen all at once. But again, in this scenario, in, in those cases, they tend to respond pretty quickly to those treatments in that they're essentially treatments that replace those things. And they, they have not responded at all with those with those therapies. So I may I may say, well, maybe she's a minor uh, mild cal- hypocalcemia. Let's give her some calcium. She should get up. They're not. What did you do in this case? Is we talked physical exams. Did you do any other diagnostic? Absolutely. We, we ran some blood work too, just see occasionally some of those lower ends. So we might see some phosphorus situations where there'll be a bright and alert and down. But also want to look at muscle enzymes and hers were high. So that was the only thing we found. Magnesiums were fine. Phosphorus is fine. Calcium, everything on our chemistries were normal other than a high creatinine kinase, which would indicate some muscle damage. So we've got muscle damage and probably from her sitting down like this yep. and being down pressure on there. One of the things that I've had discussions with folks before, too, you think about, well, she's got a bad hip, a bad leg, a bad whatever. Would you expect to be able to see anything externally on some of those if there was, if she had broken a leg or damaged her hip or something like that? Would you expect to be able to see, palpate some swelling, or what are your thoughts on that yeah. for her? Yeah, absolutely. And and being those cows, they're fairly easy to restrain. <laughs> we only had yeah. to do the front part. <laughs> we did hold her down and uh, we're able to palpate hips. I can usually feel if a hip is out. I can feel hips crush. I do rectal palpation to see if there's anything abnormal in there. We've seen pelvic fractures of who the heck knows how they happen, different things. But our physical exam, looking for any kind of muscle, musculoskeletal injury was negative. So, okay. Yeah. So I, I've given you my differential list. You've basically ruled out everything that I was thinking right. so far, including the mus- even the musculoskeletal part. So give me your differential list at this point. Sure. Now that it got hard, I'm yeah. going to go to you. Sure, yeah. I mean, so you still have some odd spinals, okay? So, and we might say, well, let's do a spinal tap, you know, kind of get a little more deep into this and see if we have any changes that could happen. And even that was normal. Yeah. Okay? But we still, so we're kind of narrowing down the thing, ruling out a whole bunch of things coming, uh, coming to center as to what would be likely. And I think many would start to agree that when it becomes odd and pretty normal, we start looking at cancerous type causes for those. And, and the common one in cattle would be the, the leukosis virus or, or a large tumor that is causing some sort of compression on a back, or we've seen it cause other issues. Uh, and this cow's five, so she's not that old. Right. Is that is it, I, it doesn't fit my... You... She fits right into that. The, okay. the big part of that bell curve is cows that are four to six years old. Okay. Yep. So she fits the age group. She fits non-responsive to other diseases. She's not coming up with musculoskeletal injuries. She's in a group of several that did the same kind of a thing and uh, it's sort of at a similar time as well. So there's just not a lot when I'm striking out all of my diagnostics and my responses to therapy that there's not much else it could be. So therapeutic options, if we think, because we've ruled out most everything, we're thinking maybe a cancer, maybe a lymphoma, maybe something like that. Any therapy I can try for her? So some folks would say, well, let's go ahead and give her a big blast of steroids. Yeah. And I think the thought there is we can get an acute shrinkage of some compression and see what happens. And some cows will show a, a transient increase in strength and be able to stand up. We didn't do it in this case. We had, had several as much as bringing her to see if we could find out something to treat, they wanted an acute case to potentially do some diagnostics. So we could do some trace, maybe there's some odd trace mineral things. So they were coming to 
do a good exam, get some anti-mortem diagnostics, and then potentially just go ahead and euthanize her and do a complete post-mortem exam to look for other things. Yeah, and being able to do euthanasia and necropsies valuable diagnostically, additionally, worth noting, I can't really do anything else with her because she's down. She can't go to slaughter. Exactly. Right. So there's nothing to salvage here. She could hopefully give us some really key answers looking closely on the inside. Because you mentioned they'd had a couple other cases at this operation. Exactly. And they, they hadn't got a postmortem. The cows had died in a situation where they were dead for a good period of time. And to really get a good, uh, accurate postmortem, there was some autolysis and things that had happened. So they really hadn't had a good, fresh uh, uh, specimen to have a look at. Okay. So what happened in this case? In this case, we decided to go ahead and, uh, and humanely euthanize her and send her over to necropsy. We do always collect a bunch of blood just to make sure we have some things if, if the pathologist finds something. There was, you know, as with any of these situations, also things they start thinking of when you're questioning, well, you know, there's a potential plant upstream and they do have a similar water source. I say, you know, I might get the pathologist involved here if I can come up with some odd you know, heavy metals or something. I don't know. So I'm planning ahead for this postmortem beyond just looking for the physical thing that I think is going on and go from there. So we euthanize her and we send her over to, to necropsy. And they did collect samples of liver, all the kidney, all the things that we might need, but they did see a pretty odd obvious uh, compressive mass at the lumbosacral spine. Okay. okay. That, that's why she was down. She was down. Yep, obviously. And uh, and again, there's not much else it's going to be other than a, uh, a lymphoid tumor. Well, that's what I was just going to ask. Is any, anything else? I mean, the only other thing is weird abscess or something, but if it's a solid mass, it's not infectious. It's, or I guess it is infectious, but it's it's yep. lymphoma. Yep, surrounding the cord and you know, just compressing it. Okay. So hindsight we didn't have any other treatment options anyway. Exactly. We got to the right diagnosis, uh, but now we got to think about what are the implications of that? Finding that in that cow, do you do anything different? Because we're thinking bovine leukosis virus, which will result in lymphoma lesions in what percent of Very cows? Very small percent. So if we had 100 cows, they were all positive, and, the, and this, leukosis, this lymphoma tumor results from a manifestation of the leukosis virus or the, yeah. and uh, if I have 100 cows that are positive for that, I'm only expecting maybe two or three out of those 100, they'll have any problem with yeah. that disease ever. Never have a clinical tumor that you will see. So the unique part of this was we had several cows all at once, and I'm assuming the others were similar, similar clinical signs. One was a little bloated, but that could still be lymphoma with a different site, but otherwise similar, similar cases, and we're finding nothing else on this cow. So. The thing is, we got four to six-year-old cows, maybe only two out of 100 might have a problem, but there's nothing to say they're all gonna do it every other year or maybe 10 years, right? <laughs> right. So you've got this several years period, they might all of a sudden decide to express disease at the same time, which is kind of what we think's happened here. And, and so I think that's interesting because we, we often, we, we don't have great numbers in many cases, although Dr. Hoosier, who's on field services here, did some great work over the last couple of years where they collected samples from beef cow calf herds. That work is now published in JAVMA and AJVR talking about how often we see it in beef herds and pretty often. But like you say, the lymphoma is a pretty rare consequence of having a lot of the cows infected, but it does seem to run in streaks and it makes me say, well, gosh, what do I do different? Exactly. I think you're trying to limit what's being passed or kept within a herd. But my gosh, uh, I have this discussion frequently. Gosh, I had a down cow and she's positive for leukosis and I have a closed herd. But I, you know, this has been smoldering for a long period of time. 
And so now we're trying to figure out what is the risk of those cows. Iatrogenic needles, syringes, blood transfer, dehorners, castration. We can slow that down or stem that tide, but in herds, and I'm going to I'm going to bring in anaplas here, yeah. where we have anaplas and it's transferred bloodborne as well, it's hard to stem the tide of some of the other things, some of the other insects that we deal with that can transfer blood between cattle. Sure. And it's small amounts. And there's there's other ways besides just those. So there are some insect vectors or some nose-to-nose contact we're finding out. But, you know, that's the, the biggest risk is going to be blood transfer. Okay. So I want to I want to go back to something you said, because we had a very specific case here that we went through. Down cow, you find a big tumor, it's lymphoma, you test it, it's lymphoma, versus the comment that you just made, I've heard a couple times, we had a down cow and we tested her for leukosis and she's positive. Does that necessarily mean she was a lymphoma or what does that tell you as a clinician? Does not. All that means is she's positive. So unlike in some of these other diseases, it's a retrovirus. So, and this is a misconception. Once she's positive, this has incorporated itself into the DNA of the cow. Lifetime. Yeah. So once infected, always infected. So, and again, very few have a problem. So there's some other causes of down, bright alert down cows that might be positive for leukosis. That is, I think, a great take-home message because just running a blood test on her and saying she's leukosis positive, unless I find the smoking gun, the tumor, the whatever was causing that, I don't know that it was necessarily leukosis because I think there's a lot of cows that die in herds that I could do a leukosis test on they'd be positive, right? Absolutely. Yep. And they are. And we used to say this is a dairy disease, but I'm going to say on the beef side, there's a a lot of positive herds and the smaller the herd, the higher percentage would be positive. It just seems like they're closer confined. Actually, interesting enough that the spine is one of the least common places for it, but I think it's one of the most dramatic expressions. And so we see a lot of those. The heart is common. So they'll look like a hardware cow. The intestines are common. So they'll look like a backup intestinal obstruction cow. So you've got a bunch of other more uh, common areas for this to be affected than the spine. but What do you see on the heart when you necropsy? I mean, clinically, they look like a hardware cow, but you get into them, what do you see on the uh, heart? The fluid is more clear, but again, in the lymphoid tissue, you'll see masses, so the, the, the yeah. tumor is still there, and it's just compressing heart, yep, heart failure type situations arise. Yeah, but basically physical from the tumor causing problems. Yep. Excellent. What else do you do for this herd? So we just, we talked to them about, uh, you know, transfer. We said, you know, as with usual, you find these and the, and the knee jerk is, oh, great, I'm going to test all my cows and I'm going to call everybody that's positive. We can test them. It's pretty simple to test. The serum test is not terribly expensive. Let's see what the percentage is when you get it back. And yeah. oftentimes the percentage is so high, they're like, yeah, it's not feasible to call my herd. When herds are positive, it may be 70, 80% it of the could herd. Be. It could be. And... and just like you said at the top, I expect a handful or less of those to actually become clinical. So it may be something I have to live with. It might be. Um, it's something to observe. Become aware of what clinical signs might be. Try to limit some of the transfer. And uh, one of the more unique things that we're finding out now is to find out who is the highest risk and who are the higher shedders. And that's what we're trying to determine. And, and some of that we can look at the viral load within the individual. And so some testing might be available for that in areas where we can say, ah, this cow has a lot of virus circulating. She's not clinical now, but she certainly could be one of those cows that's going to be spreading it a little bit easier, or she's a little higher risk to get a disease. You know? So some of the new diagnostics have showed us that cows don't all while once infected, they're lifetime infected, they don't all shed at the same level. Kind of super shedders? Yeah, that? could be. Yeah, yeah, it could be this. There's just some, some cool stuff that's being developed in this. And so Excellent. I think we're, it's a disease that's, you know, you've lived with for a while. Some situations might arise that we want to start trying to get rid of it. 
Excellent. Well, we'll put some uh, links up. I mentioned a couple articles by Dr. Hoosier that he's done looking at some of the leukosa stuff. I'll, I'll put some links up to those as well. So. Excellent. Yeah. Fun Thank, case. Thanks, Dr. Meisner. Appreciate your input and talking about bright, alert, responsive cows.